Welcome to Shoot the J. This is episode like seven or, or eight. I, I stopped keeping track at this point. It's been a while since we've been on, uh, but I'd like to welcome my guest, my friend, my partner in crime, Grant Klein. How you doing, Grant? Ah, namaste, my friend. Namaste. You know, you know, we have one of the coolest handshakes of anybody that I know, and I don't want to <laughs> brag, but Anytime I see you or I see that man, Zach, or I'm sure when you see him, we always do it. Everybody's like, damn, that's pretty cool. It's pretty dope. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a real low, it's like a low key great, it's like a sneaky great handshake. And it's, it's just simple. It's not like super intricate, but it, it gets the job. It gets the job done. Go so, to, uh, easy to remember, and uh, it's great, man. It's classic. Yeah, it's a classic. When did we meet Grant? We met twenty. Was it twenty thirteen or twenty fourteen? No, twenty two. I mean, I think I like maybe knew of you twenty thirteen, but I'm maybe thinking late. Ooh, super late fall of. I mean, super late spring of two thousand fourteen. Maybe pushing fall of, of fourteen. Because uh, yeah. I goofed off a lot my freshman year. That makes a lot of sense. I was. That would have been our that spring that late spring would have been right around the time they had elections for ISC, right? Yeah, the late spring of of my freshman year. Um, I don't even think I messed with ISC until that following year. If I'm thinking right, maybe I I don't know. Man, everything's gone by so fast lately that everything seems like it's all jamming up into like a group of like three years. Yeah, it's insane. I always forget because like I knew I met I met Zach before I met you, but you and I got closer a lot quicker than me and Zach did. Yeah. And I think that was in part because we were on, like, we were just on IFC together. We were just kicking it a bunch. Yeah. Um, Not right to split. Oh, Atlanta. (laughs) Ooh. Just get straight into it. Atlanta was by far and away the greatest trip in human history. No kid. Do you remember the name of the place that we went to? No, I was so it was so litty. That's all I know. Okay, for the longest time, I could remember the name of the place, and every time I told myself, "Oh, I'm gonna go back there. I'm gonna go back there." Next time I'm in Atlanta, which I haven't been to Atlanta since, but yeah. I was going to go to the place, and then I completely forgot the name which, of it. Which one? The one? The one where I convinced the the place where we got the marks, or the place where we ran into like the Dude that owns the billboards. The Mars. For sure the Mars. <laughs> oh. I'd have to I'd have to act tough to see what you know, I don't even like he just actually despise them and will you'll never see me drink one, but I drank them there. Bro, it was it was a good time. It was uh to quote Drake, it was uh it was a time to be alive. What? It was that was Oh, because we went then we went to Stark Vegas like the next night. Yeah. Oh gosh, I was a kid then, so they wouldn't let me go anywhere around Stark Vegas. Oh, yes. and then Tucker had played a joke on me for a whole. That's once we got there, Tucker had played a joke on me the whole day, or maybe it was the night, the night after, the day after, and he didn't talk to me for the whole day. He acted like he was pissed off for the whole day. 
And then when we got in Jackson or some town to go eat lunch, he was like, oh, man, not, nothing's wrong. I've just been messing with you the whole day. <laughs> uh, he's, he's good for that. He's good for that for sure. Um, yeah. Well, I kind of want I'm, – I'm really glad I finally got you on. It only took, like, I don't know, like eight months to get you on. So glad we figured this out. Uh, what have you been up to, dude? Man, I have been working. I've been having a good time. Um, you know, right now it's the whole quarantine thing, and it is what it is. Um, no sports is pretty stressful. But, man, I've been spending a lot of time outdoors. Uh, I've got a good hunting lease and everything that I've been working pretty hard on and spending a lot of time out there. And it's fun, man. It's uh, it's nice to spend some time out and about and get some good exercise, too, at the same time. And I don't know, man. It's nice. Have you been – have you always been, like, super outdoorsy? Um, well, see, I've always been more sports forward. And then, like, whenever you got some free time, that means you uh, you were going to go hunting. And that's outside of that. I was either playing football or or baseball or basketball or whatever else was going on. And so it was just like, you know, if you were in high school, I would go. And if we made it at a certain round of a length in the playoffs, then we weren't going hunting because we were still playing football. But if we got out early, lost to Neville, uh, you know, it looks like we're going to, to West Texas for a little while. So we went there for a while when I was a kid, about like five – five years in a row then once I got to college I pretty much stopped because of school man and so uh, I was doing that but it's been so nice to get back into it and I've actually I've been a lot more into the duck hunting instead of the deer hunting which is what I grew up on but the uh, the duck hunting's been a lot more fun man yeah so you like just in the blinds just 4 a.m 5 a.m just grinding out yeah that's what it was like back in the fall and then now, you know, it's just nice to have a little spot out on the river to go camp out and whatnot and hang out at and put some work in and, you know, try to make it nice for next year and think of new ideas and, you know, just spending the day out there is really, really nice. You know, the uh, the quarantine's kind of got everybody thinking that they got to be chilling at home and whatnot, but you, know, you can go outside and spend some time outside and do stuff like that. And so I had the... Uh, the advantage of being able to go do that, man. I've been really enjoying it. No, yeah, I feel that. Um, what what sports? So I got I have two questions. The first, yeah, do you own your like your spot that you like your duck blind? Do you own that, or how does that work? And then the other one is like, what sports did you play in in growing up? All right, we'll start off with the uh, the hunting deal. So it's uh, <clears throat> it's actually on a big plot of land. I'd say about a total of 4,000 acres, um, and of the 4,000 acres, 90% of the land is owned by a timber company, and they lease out the land to the hunting group, and uh, I pay 600 bucks a month to have my big plot on the 400, I mean 4,000 acres of land, and so I've got my area where I deer hunt, duck hunt, and just kind of camp out on the river at too, um, and so I get to do my own thing there nobody really bothers me it's pretty convenient um sports i mean i grew up playing all kind of sports my first love was hockey and it still is my one of my biggest loves i think it's the hardest game to play and the best sport we can talk about that in length as much as you want anyways uh 
baseball. I've grown up a huge baseball fan. I still am. Um, the Astros still won the 2017 World Series. Um, and then I played basketball for a little while, and I wasn't that great. I was the uh, I was always like the awkwardly tall and fat and chubby kid at the same time. So I wasn't the best at basketball, but shit, I gave it hell until like eighth grade when I got tired of it. And then uh, let's see. And then high school, I just played football. Uh, my dad was like a super huge football dude. Like, oh, you got to go, you know, hardcore guy. And that's all he really uh, – he was into for the most part too. So, I liked it. I enjoyed it, man. And uh, our team was just all right. Uh, we had a lot more good times. So, I guess at the end of the day, that was the best part. But um, that's about it, man. I think uh, the best part of it is the hockey. I mean, I love it. Um. Did you so you didn't play baseball at all in high school? No, no baseball. I uh, some of my best friends that I grew up with, the guys I spent the most time with when I was a kid playing baseball every weekend, the old tournament ball thing. Um, those all those guys were seniors, and then after uh, after football season, my senior year, I didn't have a damn thing to do at all. So I was like, I you know what, I'll go hang out with these guys and uh, chill with them. So. Uh, I fucking took stats and shit. I'm sorry. Didn't even figure I wasn't sure if I could curse on here or not. But you can. Anyways. It's fine. Oh, sweet. Hi, it's I me. Didn't know what the, uh, I didn't know what the premise was, you know. Hey. Anyways, um, so I went and hung out with those guys, took stats, book all the team hotels when we would travel or go somewhere, organize the buses with the school, things like that. Uh, and then I got to hang out with the guys. And I actually like taking stats, like that little thing about the uh, the game. Like when I was a kid, my uh, <clears throat> my family always kind of took the notes and my godmother would always take the stats and everything like that in the big stat book and always found it interesting. So uh, I kind of enjoyed taking that up when I was in high school for a little while. Yeah. You, uh, you, your dad's still alive, right? Yeah, my dad, yeah. Yeah. So like, do y'all like for the hunting, do y'all still go, uh, like, do y'all go together? Or do you just like go separately now that you're like, you know, you're a man. Nah, you're of age. Nah, you know what it is. This man's gotten old. He uh, he doesn't want to. I say he's gotten old. This man's the most fit dude I know. At 65 or 63. My bad. Sorry, dad. Uh, but uh, no, he's uh, <clears throat> he only likes one hunting trip a year. He likes to go on a paid deer hunt to West Texas, shoot two nice deer, a, bu- a nice buck and a doe, and come home. Um, I'm at the age where, like, I'm eating up to it, man, and I want to put in the work at my own spot and do as much as I can to have, like, my nice spot and work really, really hard for it. And uh, I feel like there's more satisfaction out of it as opposed to going being paid on a guided hunt where you know animals are at on some really, really nice land and their their uh, numbers are maintained really well. And, you know, I like the challenge of building up a nice place and uh, – trying to get myself something really, really nice and build it from the ground up, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I can't blame you. I mean, it's all about, again, like we're young. It's all about like, what's that next challenge? Like what's going to push me? What's going to make this humdrum nine to five regular adult life that we're supposed to ideally be living a little less dull and boring. So I, I can feel that. I can get behind that, I think. I can yeah, relate to that but, a lot. No kidding, man. What's uh, what's your time schedule like these days, man? I'm blessed to have uh, something varied off from the nine to five, but I like it. What are you? What's your hours like? 
it varies. Depends on the season. You know, I, I work in sports programming, so like you know, some days it's nine to let's be real, it's me, so I'm sleeping in. So like nine thirty to to like five thirty, or like nine thirty to six. Or some days it's like ten to ten. Like it depends. Um, I'm like an all in type of guy, so like if I'm feeling like out of it a little bit, I'm probably gonna be a little more like disengaged with it. But when I'm all in, I'm like all in. So I'm like I'm there, and they're like work life balance. I'm like pass. I don't need it. <laughs> like yeah, but I you can... also really really enjoy what you do too. It's not just like that for everybody. Yeah, it's rare for sure. Like I, that I do enjoy what I do as much as I do. But I mean, on the other side of it, it's also like well, I should probably try to have more balance. I think that's the one thing I'm super grateful for with the quarantine is that I'm just here just, like, kicking it and chilling, which is nice. And I get to, like, develop better work habits of, like, okay, like, I'm not doing anything right now, so let's clock out and let's go and let's go play some 2K. Let's go play some FIFA. Let's play some Fall in Order. Let's go for a run. Let's go for a walk. But, like, what you were talking about with the – like with the hunting and like that being the challenge, that's how I picked up uh, marathon, doing marathons. Like that's been my challenge is like running marathons and half marathons and, and racing. That's been kind of fun for me. So, Man, the last time I ran, something was chasing me. It's <laughs> not too shocking knowing you. You still cooking? I just, don't, I just don't have any kind of desire to do that. Like the um, – the best way I can explain it to you is, is I don't have any kind of desire to go to the gym. I don't have any kind of desire to get on a treadmill meal. I find that's just to me for the way I'm wired, I find it mindless and boring. I'd rather go shoot basketball at my friend's house or go walk in the woods and chop down a bunch of trees to make my land a lot more spread, look a lot spread out and room to walk and things like that. And, or I'd like to go throw the baseball around for a couple of hours with my friends or something like that. You know, I like big golfing. I've gotten into golf lately, and I like that exercise too. But I'm just not a big gym guy, not a big, you know, structured workout kind of guy. I'd rather go do something pretty active, have a good time at the same time, you know? Yeah. I mean, like, I get get that. Again, like, everyone has a different form of physical wellness. And so, like, being active means something different to everyone. So finding your version of that is important because if you don't, then you just end up just kind of sitting there. And it's like, all right, like I'm yeah. not healthy. I've got diabetes and I'm 35. I've got high cholesterol at 27. Like, and all these health things kind of just pile up on you. But, you know, just being honest with yourself, if this isn't for me, I'd much rather do this, this, and this, and setting that time aside is important. So, I mean, that's good you, you found that type of stuff, though, yeah? Yeah, man, one of the best things I've ever heard when you just mentioned something about time was you invest your time, you don't spend it. Um, and so, mm-hmm. I don't know, I like to uh, – I like to try to get my most out of it, man. I wake up. I've got uh, – so we were talking about the 9 to 5 schedule, man. I wake up every morning at 5 o'clock for work. So I work with tugboats and barges, um, and I give the, I give tugboats their orders, and I schedule the loading and unloading of barges, um, of our company's barges out of Houston. And yeah. so I wake up, get the latest uh, traffic from the tugboats, plug it into a traffic system, make it into a PDF, and send it out to our customers and give them the ETAs to wherever they're going or if they're stopped, when they're going to be able to get going again. 
stuff like that man I uh like you like what you do man I I really love what I do and I work for some great people too yeah I mean it's again like we are we we, are, we talked about it a lot when we were you know like 19 20 21 22 uh when we were like we saw each other a bunch it was like yeah, you know, like as long as I can do what I enjoy and something that makes me happy, I'm never going to work a day in my life. You hear that cliche a lot, but we really did kind of like abide by that, like heavily, it seems. No kidding. And my path is just so different from where at one point in my life I thought it would go. So it's it's neat, man. And so I, I'm i in the office from five to two in the afternoon. At two in the afternoon, I'm done. I can go home, do whatever. And um, after that, I just got to maintain, like, keep an eye on my phone, answer phone calls, and uh, check my emails, and then back at it again the next morning. But um, it's nice, man. It allows me to have a lot of free time. It allows me to kind of organize my day how I'd like to. So I've been trying to invest my time into good things. And uh, I've got a, got a little quarantine garden going. I've got some tomatoes, some cucumbers. The cucumbers aren't doing too hot right now, Jay. Mm. Not looking too good, man. Um, I've got banana peppers, bell peppers, and onions working in the backyard. Hey, banana peppers is where it's at. Underrated. I know. Man. We're going to see. I'm going to see if maybe I can, like, do some kind of, like, pickle thing, you know, kind of get the – see how close I can get it to maybe the banana peppers at Subway that go on the good old Italian sandwiches and whatnot. Hey, now you're nice, nice speaking my language. I swear, man. You know, uh, I used to have a dream to want to go to culinary school, cool, so – I still, uh, I still got it, man. Okay. Well, you just, you just created a, a wonderful segue for me. I was actually going to ask you, like, how'd you get into that dream of wanting to go into culinary school and, and be a, be a chef? And was it like you grew up watching the Food Network a lot? You just always had a knack for the kitchen. Just kind of walk me through that. Man, a little bit of everything. So on an average day when I was a kid, so maybe like from five till. Oof, I don't know, maybe like 10 or 11. Like if I, if I wasn't at home, I was at my grandparents' house. And um, my, uh, my grandma would cook so much, like all, when I tell you, it'd be, it'd be every day. She'd start cooking like at like nine or 10. And like she'd be work on it for like two, three hours and be ready at noon. And the whole time I'm there sitting adjacent to the stove, just watching it the entire time all day long, anything she would make. I knew the recipes by heart, but when I was like 10 years old, I could rattle them off to you. And it was just, I just enjoyed doing it. And then I'd go hang out outside and all the produce and stuff that she would use, half of it would come from my grandpa's garden. He had a huge garden. I would, I'm trying to think of how to maybe describe it to you. It's probably 10, 10 yards wide by 20 yards long, something like that. It was pretty big, man. You grew all kind of stuff, and she was always cooking it or rice and gravies or fricassees or crawfish bisque or whatever, man. Mm. And uh, it was just heat from an early age. She was getting after it. <laughs> and uh, then once I got older, um, you know, I started watching stuff like diners, drive-ins, and dives. I'm like, damn, that food looks good. Like, that doesn't even look like that hard to make. And I was I was always thinking that I could go in there and do that and feel great about it and everything like that. And um, then when Netflix came out with the um, what was the name of the documentaries about all the chefs, Jay? I can't think oh, about it. Think of it right. Oh, I know what you're talking about. I can't think of it. We have to look it up. Give me a 
Chef's Table. I thought Chef's Table was the best. And I still think it is. This is a great documentary if someone hasn't watched it before because those people are great at what they do. You know, you have a lot of, you'll see a lot of uh, appreciation for people that go through all kind of stuff and still kill it at what they do. And man, they're great. And so I've always like, I was like, oh man, I want to be like those guys. You know, there's this guy from Argentina and he's just out there cooking sides of lamb over a fire and I'm just all about it. And, and uh, it was great. So, and then uh, I kind of got to see a lot of what Lafayette had to offer. You know how it is, man. There's a lot of great culture out there. A lot of people doing great stuff in the restaurant industry and I hope they're doing right now, but I think, um, I don't know. I think that uh, I felt like I could do it. And uh, I still feel like I could one day, you know, if I ever um, saved up a decent amount, I'd really like to do something, you know, in and around Lake, the Lake Charles area if I'm still around, you know. Yeah. You know, they're still doing seasons of Chef's Table. The most recent one was like 2019 in February. Really? Yeah, that's crazy. Oh, I feel like I might have watched that. Uh, season. Have you ever watched it? I've not. I've not seen a single episode. Oh man, I have heard uh, I've heard it's really, really good. It's great, man. You have you'll you'll have a high appreciation for what they're doing and you'll have a uh, low bank account because you'll be wanting to get all the kind of stuff that they're cooking because it looks incredible, man. <laughs> you uh they it's then their stories are great too. Um I mean, even for the the first season's got a bunch of classics in it, and then the the older that it gets um the less english that's spoken and i know that's kind of rough to say but just for me watching a documentary i mean i'm not the best with subtitles i don't really feel like watching the subtitles i want to see what's going on and being with the if something's in a different language the entire time i kind of lose attention you know i don't really watch a whole lot of tv at all um if i could tell you how little i watch tv man you'd be surprised i can't tell you the last time i've watched a movie actually i can I watched um, <laughs> the, uh, the Miracle a couple of days ago. I don't watch any movies, man. The last time I was at the movie theater was uh, is when uh, American Sniper came out. Dude, that's like 20, like 16, 17, right? Yeah. And I just, I don't know. I don't have any desire to watch movies. I don't, I don't know. I just, I enjoy the stuff I do and I guess I only like watching certain movies. Yeah, I mean, no, I get it. It, it. Everyone has their thing. So, like, again, like, I'm, I can cook. I can, I'm sufficient in the kitchen. But, like, the passion that you have, I could never understand. But to see it in a documentary form, I think you would, uh, like, like you said, it creates a appreciation from a different level, which uh, I think is something we can all learn from. Um, it's like being able to appreciate something different and you said something really uh interesting about like struggling through subtitles everything i watch they were like you're you're such an old man it's like i watch everything with subtitles because if i can get into the i can get into the mindset of reading listening and watching something that's in english with subtitles if i want to watch a foreign film if i want to watch roma um if i want to watch uh parasite I want to watch something that is not going to be a English language film, to be a foreign film. Like it becomes a lot more digestible because it's now become habit. And yeah. like I didn't even really think about it until you really brought it up. It's like a lot of people just don't watch 
subtitles. Like my brother like watches a bunch of anime. You know that. Like I so we watch we watch a bunch of like the the Japanese like um cartoons and everything with the anime. So we watch it that way. A lot of that is sub is just subbed. So we have to watch we have to read. So like we us doing it that way also think really did help. Really like us navigating how to uh interact with uh with foreign films in that way so i think i would actually appreciate those foreign ones a lot like even more i've never thought about like that man definitely give them a watch they're great and they're 100 percent worth your time if you're trying to uh kill a little bit of time during the old q team um but uh they're great man and um the first season's great and i haven't really i don't really know much about the new season but it's a good time, man. Yeah. It's a good time, and you brought up your brother. I had, uh, man, I was so excited. I got to see that dude uh, a couple weeks ago at the uh, home opener for baseball. I was, I, when I tell you, I was so excited when I saw that man. We were <laughs> screaming at each other across the parking lot, across the Cajun Field parking lot, bro. That's a big we parking were, lot, yeah. Yeah, man, and I was so mad because we had just played a terrible game, and uh, I saw that man. And I was so excited. And we were hollering, yelling, and screaming. It was ridiculous. I'm so glad, like, y'all got to meet and, like, even, like, intersect even just for like, a little bit. It's just, like, it's the moments like that. It's, like, all right, like, you're not just my friend. You're my brother's friend. Like, our circles started to, like, bleed over a little bit, which I think was um, really nice because then now we can all share similar stories. Oh, yeah, man. That's – uh yeah, you know, shout out to Tucker, man. That dude's incredible. Yeah, I mean, he's not wrong. He's the next level. Um, yeah, man. Great, men- great mentor. Like, good for advice. You need it. Like, you just lean on it. Yeah, and honesty. Always. Oh, especially no when you don't. What you he yep. He's going to tell you what happened. Especially, especially, especially if you didn't want to hear it. <laughs> that's yeah. when you needed it the most. Cause that's when you needed it the most. Yeah, no kidding, man. No kidding. You know what Tucker's great at? Tucker's great at making you feel terrible for something bad that you did or something that you should have done better. He's good at making you feel bad about something. And uh, I think uh, that's a that's a good quality in people. As weird as that that sounds, but you know. It's, it keeps it's, you honest about to yourself. Yeah. Like, yeah, it really does become, like, self-accountability, which so many – I think so many of us struggle with on a daily basis is, like, that self-accountability. Yeah. You're 100% right. But that's kind of – I want to go back on something before – I've got, like, one more topic that I really want to hit on. And obviously that's your Notre Dame fandom. But before we get on to that – before Man. we get on, before we get on to that, I really do want to. Um, you were talking about your, like, you know, your grandmother and your grandfather and your dad. Um, like, who would you say is probably like one of the more like influential people in your life that like influenced the way you look at the world, the way you interact in the world as a person, um, like your goals and stuff like that. Oh man. That's tough because I don't know. Um, I 
I don't think I really have anybody as crazy as that sounds. You're going to think this is weird, but I mean, I guess I spend a lot of time with my dad, but then a lot of things about my dad and I are different. Um, I don't have any siblings. I'm the youngest grandchild on both sides of the family by like easily seven years. Um, my neighborhood was a neighborhood where a lot of people had houses as camps and not homes. Um, even right now of the, I don't know, 20 houses in the neighborhood, my mom and dad's house, um, I moved out from it, but my mom and dad are one of the, are two, one of two, uh, homes in that neighborhood that people actually live in. And so there was no kids in that neighborhood and I was just hanging out with adults all day long. I was just being around people, seeing how people were. And at 25, I feel like I've waited my whole life to be, I don't know, 35 or 40, you know, so I'm still, still feel like I haven't peaked yet as weird as that sounds. Um, but uh, I don't know, man. I think uh, I think I've spent a lot of time with my dad, and so a lot of the things that he idolizes. That's where the whole Notre Dame thing came from. Um, you know, he's instilled a lot of a lot of good things in me. Um, but I also, you know, my good friends. I aspire to be uh, like a lot like some of my good friends, man. Uh, one of my best friends in college was Colby Crow, and uh, he and I <laughs> he and I lived together for four years. And so, you know, a lot of the things that uh, he aspires to be in life, I was like, man, that's incredible, dude, you know. Uh, and so I've I've taken a lot of things that I do in my life from him, you know. Um, just, you know, I didn't really look up to someone in particular too much, I guess. Um, I just kind of I took little bits and pieces from every everybody that I've been around and kind of tried to throw them together and have fun with it at the same time and do my own thing. Yeah, like I've spoken like a true chef. Hey, something like it, man. I've just been a, I'm just kind of done my own thing, man. And I've, I've enjoyed it. Right. Authenticity and, and uniqueness. It's, a, it's something that everyone strives to be. No one wants to be a clone or a, or a mirror image of someone else. They all want to be unique. I think that's something we all strive for. And I think um, I can say this, you're probably one of the most unique people that I know. I don't know. I'm pretty sure I don't know a single person that is like you, G. So like, you have, you have, you have taken what you've taken from everybody and you've become you. And, and I don't think there's another GK out there. I'm a goofball, man. There's no other way around. Biggest goofball. But, um, <laughs> Ooh. um, yeah, I'm good on undergrad. I feel like I'm just like, I feel like I'm so done with that part of my life. I had like a great time and everything like that, but I don't know. I like talking about things that are going on now and, you know, I wish sports was on, and so I feel like I'm thinking about sports nonstop. Um, you know, I'm ready for this NFL season, man. I think uh, a lot of good things are coming in the uh, in the NFL this year. I'm ready to see the Saints play Tom Brady twice a year. Um, you know, that's that's going to be heat, man. I've been following the the NFL offseason um, all this whole time right now. Um, you know, uh, baseball season's coming up. Whenever it starts, man, the Astros. It's, uh, that's those are my ride or dies, man. I don't, I know what happened. It's pretty bad, and you know I don't want to talk about it because I'm sure it did happen. But <laughs> also, got hard into all the other teams. You probably then Major League Baseball and everybody else will find a lot of stuff that they don't want to find. So, at the end of the day, it is what it is, man. Maybe and like the only thing that we out this year and do is play our ass off. And I'm excited to see what see what the best team in baseball does. A little chip on their shoulder. So uh, 
I don't know when the season's going to start or how they're going to organize it. They're going to cut down a bunch of games and do a super, super short season. But um, I don't know, man. Stroh's on top. But um, And then the Pels, man. I was, I'm so excited for the Pels. I can't even – I know you're a big basketball guy, and I've never yeah. been into the game more in my entire life than this year. Man, I've become a big Pels fan. No why doubt. is that? Why is it? Like, why, what about this this season, this year, <laughs> has, like, turned you into, like, a more, like, MVP? Because I know you're, you're a super heavy basketball guy. Like, you knew a bunch of the guys on the men's team because they recruited heavy out of the high school – um, that you went, that you attended, and some of the guys went there, and you met some of the guys uh, through there. Um, so, like, how did that, like, like how did what did this, what specifically about this season took you uh, into that next level? The rookies, man, not just Zion. The whole, all the rookie class. I think Jackson Hayes is going to be an animal. I mean, I've just, um, you know, I like Zion ever since he came out of uh, came out of high school. Then he. Uh, then he went to a blue school that I know you don't really want to talk about. And then it just so happened of all things, he comes to New Orleans. And, you know, and I was a Pelicans fan. Like, I pulled for him, but I never really, like, intentionally, intensely watched the games. Like, I'd watch him if I knew the playoffs were getting close or this and that. But I've, most of the time, I'd always spend my time that time of year in college basketball and hockey. It is what it is. This is how – that's just what I grew up doing. And so um, – I don't know, man. The uh, I just I really like the way that they play. Um, sometimes it's super, super frustrating, but at other times it's electric. You know, I like Nikhil Alexander Walker. I think the dude is just an absolute nerve out there. On, one big nerve out there on the court, just shaking around. And I just think once he settles down and you know finds out what he does best in the game and attacks at it, I think he's going to be great. Um, I just think we hit on all of those draft picks, and I feel good about the team, man. I really do. Um, at one hit- point, I the ball. Now I kind of like them. Give yeah. me a couple months. Once the season gets back, I might change my mind. Yeah, I think with you, you hit it on the head. Like I was like, this rookie class is pretty, pretty electric. But like, what you got in, what the Pelicans got in the hall for Anthony Davis was really nice. Um, but the development of Frank. Frank Jackson has probably been like the biggest surprise for me. It's like every year I'm like, all right, when's this kid get? We this has been like I think they drafted him like the second round or something like that. And it's mm-hmm. like, when is it? When is it? When is he gonna come on? And like, you saw him in summer league and he like just he just balled out and was like, okay, like maybe this is it. And then you get everything that you get, like like you really you fully realize what all you got and how that next step that Brandon Ingram's taking and. Josh Hart coming off the bench and being able to sign J.J. Redick. Like, the Pelicans are going to be really good for a while. It's just a matter of, like, okay, the, the big question that I always see you and J. Reed talking about, is Gentry the guy? Ah, yeah, man. I don't know. I used to hate Alvin Gentry. And then I hated him earlier this year. And then when they win, they look great. But when they lose, they don't. So I just, some, I don't know what to think it is. And then at that point, it can't be. There's no man. There's management can't be wrong because look what David Griffin, David Griffin's doing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then I just, I think they were just they got in there and like, look, Gentry's got a good, uh, a a good tenure in uh, the NBA. Let's see what he does this first year, and then we'll go from there. And if they do, if they do well, you know, we will stick around. If not, 
we'll look to something else. And I don't really know what they're going to do. And right now it's just everything's kind of up in the air. And you want to see – yeah, I guess we got to wait to see what the NBA does. I know they're going to do something, but we'll see, man. I'm I'm really excited for things to kick off again. And I don't know if it's Gentry's fault or not. Um, I think that um, they've got to spend a lot of time playing. You know, I think once they get in the groove with Zion, things are going to flow great. Man, they had just gotten into it too. But um, – It'll be interesting. I don't know. You know, I think they need some more talent in the back end, man. But I, I think they need a couple more bigs. I think they need. I think they need one more big. I think cause guards. They're good. They're so deep at guard. It's like, it's insane. Like one through three, they're deep. But I think at the four and five spot, they're pretty like, not barren, but they're like they're struggling. Like honestly, like I'd I'd like to see them give Sean Long a chance. Like. The dude's a baller. Like he's balling out in in a in a Melbourne, you know, in the yeah. in, a, in the NBL, um, out in Australia, oh, yeah. in New Zealand. And he's playing. I think he's playing in Melbourne right now with a yeah. mellow with mellow Trimble. Um, like yeah, dude, that was actually fun. Um, but like that, like that season, like he's been playing really well, and I think. Like, you know, you need another – you need a big that's going to stretch the floor but also going to bang and get rebounds. He showed in his small stint in Philly that he could play in the league, and I think that'd be a – I think – I think that'd be great, a, I think that'd be a great opportunity, um, not only for him but also for the team to, like, all right, we've got a 6'10", 6'11", big that can crash the boards, that can also stretch the floor, and, I mean – He's kind of like a younger Derek Favors in a way, in a lot of ways. So now you have someone that can like spell Derek Favors on like both the offensive and defensive end, and then hopefully um, Jackson Hayes puts on some weight. Yeah. Which yeah. I mean, it's not yeah. like the it's not the end of the world if he doesn't, but like he can't be you know seven feet like one ninety five. That's just not gonna <laughs> or two fifteen whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah the wide out out there running around playing basketball and he just happens to be seven foot you know and he's uber athletic I just want the guy to like fast forward three years and see what it looks like and I think it's going to be great I hope it's still in New Orleans but if it's not I hope we get something good back but honestly I hope it's still in New Orleans I think he's got a lot of potential and can really stress the floor and he's just extremely athletic man he attacked he attacked basketball like a wide receiver and he can go up there and get it, and they've shown it, and he's developed. He plays hard, man. He plays hard on defense, I think, and um, sometimes yeah. something that I think that lacks on the Pelicans is a little yeah, bit of effort. He's 6'11", um, 220. So, like, if he can get to, what, like 245, I think, oh, yeah. I think, he'll, I think he'll be fine. Mm-hmm. He'd love that man go eat some po'boys, man. We, that's how we – so tell me about New Orleans, man. We were talking about eating earlier. What's some what's some of your go to spots in New Orleans that you grew up on? That's a good question. Uh I'll probably say Parkway Bakery is probably like number one. Like Parkway Bakery is I I live and die by Parkway Bakery. Like anytime I go home, really? I know I'm getting Parkway Bakery. Like it's no contest, not even close. Um a lot of places we like we grew up like going to, I think are closed. At this point, so it's like, man. Well, Mandina's is open, which is on Canal. Mandina's is open. 
um, still. So that's a pretty good spot. Um, again, Drago's has become like much more chain. Um, right. Acme Oyster House, again, Port of Call, which it's like a, every two trips home I go on. Yeah. So like those are kind of like my big, like my big go-tos. But like once I get, once I go home now at this point, I, I legit, I don't think I leave my house. Like unless like it's absolutely necessary. No kidding. No kidding. I haven't, dude. I've actually haven't been to any of those that I can think of. I've been to Drago's, but um, they just put one out in Lafayette, right? Uh, no, I've been to the one in Metairie one time. Ah. Um, I did the one in Metairie, then I went to watch uh, the Cajuns and OSU play a baseball game. Then I drove back and um, got an A on a psychology test the next morning. Yeah. Did a. Uh... Um, did uh, have you been to a bunch of games this year? To the uh, you know baseball games? Yeah. Yeah, I went to open at night, and that's it. That's all I could go to, and um, and whatnot. And that was the only one I was gonna go be able to go make. Um, I wanted to go to some. I was uh, I, yeah, I completely forgot. I uh, I went to the one here in Lake Charles. They beat up on McNeese, and you can never lose to McNeese, especially me being from Lake Charles. That's not about to happen. Um, and so that one meant a lot to me and I always tried to go to that one when I was in college I'd drive home um, from uh, Lafayette for the evening watch the Cajuns play the Cowboys uh, come back um, I, you're big, I know you're a big fan of uh, uh, the baseball for Rage Cajuns baseball kind of talk about like how Robe impacted you like Coach Robe is he's a super inspirational guy really like super sad that we lost him at such a like a at a really early age but also like at like just like it just felt like just like man like in a time when the world was getting super dark and negative like he was such a positive light like how did like being around him even just like from the fan perspective like impact you man i think um i think of the way he carried himself you know he carried himself with confidence. You know, when he spoke to people, he spoke to people to inspire them. And he knew what he was telling them was was the best thing for him. And he felt good about it. And, you know, he was really able to, um, to uh, walk the walk in certain ways because that's how he carried himself. And he was a model human being on and off the field. And everybody that kind of, you know, there's a lot of people that have been in Lafayette a long, long time. I got to know him occasionally personally and I had the privilege to meet the man one time I went into his office to ask him uh, uh, to possibly work for the team and then I ended up getting caught up with some other stuff and not doing it um, but uh, <clears throat> I don't know man he was uh, it was tough you know I remember hearing that he was going to the hospital stuff like that I was like, oh man, I hope he's all right, and you know, this and that. And the next thing I know, the tweet comes through, and he's dead. That's crazy, man, you know. And I think they hired the perfect guy. You know, they they, they couldn't have hired anybody else better than Deggs. Um, I think that man is great for the city. He knows how things go, and you know, his connection to Robe and everything like that means a lot to people. And you know, he's influencing those kids just like uh, Rogue was to an extent, you know, but just maybe in a different way that's better for him. Um, and so I think it's great. Man, the statue is beautiful. Um, the stadium and everything looks so nice. Um, you know, I wish they could have started off the season a little bit better. 
Um, they were just really getting into form, man, and figuring out the lineup when all this stuff hit. And, you know, you really got to feel bad for all the seniors in college sports right now playing a winter or spring sport, you know, just to know that they don't have a chance anymore. You know, some guy that was, you know, maybe like a guy on Dayton and their team was number anywhere between five and two in the country. Yeah. This dude might have been a senior and, and it's like, man, like out of nowhere, we just pulled up on one of these teams and now it's over with, you know? It's crazy. And, uh, I feel bad for all the kids, you know, anybody playing ice hockey, softball, girls playing softball, all kind of stuff, you know? Yeah, it's crazy. I think all in all, like, I think the NCAA will do the right thing and they'll, they'll give them the eligibility back and let them come back if they so choose. But um, I think at the end of the day, I think, you know, it's a, it is a bummer, but I think the acknowledgement that they've gotten on the national scale from people like Scott Van Pelt um, during like five days of like, hey, senior night, let's give a shout out to UCLA gym. Like the sports that he's shouting out are sports that almost never get like a lot of heavy coverage. And the fact that he's doing that, I, I think means um, so much to the sports world because it puts a lot in perspective of, hey, like, your college football, your precious college football and college basketball and March Madness, um, that's not the only thing that's affected, you know, wrestling, uh, softball, baseball, gymnastics, track and field, like all these other sports are being impacted. And I think like that they're doing like, they're doing something to like support and show like we understand the bigger impact from a company like ESPN. I think that does mean a good bit. Right. No kidding, man. You know, I'm uh, I'm anxious to see everything come back. I'm nervous that there could be a potential chance for college football to not happen. Um, but I really hope it doesn't get that far. Um, you know, um, it, it's it's tough, man. And I was just getting into the college baseball, and then uh, I always grew up watching the college hockey and the pro uh, the uh, Frozen Four was coming up, man. They were about to start their tournament and whatnot. And, uh, Notre Dame didn't have the uh, best team this year. They got out in the uh, Big Ten, um, Big Ten tournament. Um, but you know, it's it's still fun to watch because I think, you know, when you look at sports, you know, it's that for hockey. I think the college is the most entertaining to watch sometimes, just because yeah. of the way that they play. You know, but it's different. It's just me. Yeah, I sort of have a bunch of like inner like. I feel like college is a lot more like domestic and homegrown talent than it is like guys that are going to go on and be superstar pros because all those people come from like the international stage they come from russia canada denmark sweden like they come right. from those, those other places and so like it's nice to kind of see like the homegrown talent be um highlighted in a, on a stage like that but even even like yeah, lacrosse yeah. like lacrosse is coming up like super big on like uh, they were getting close to the tournament, if I'm not mistaken. And so, like, yeah. all of that now, like, out the window. Yeah, and, you know, those those kids, you know, it's tough for them. They don't get that. You know, some of them might not have that experience anymore. But, uh, you know, that's – there's some cool sports that go unnoticed, man. You know, I don't think uh, – yeah. just because I guess they get televised. But stuff's great, man. I got to go to the NHL Winter Classic this year in Dallas. How was that? Outdoor hockey. Well, dude, it was incredible. 
It was just as loud as a damn – I mean, it was louder than a damn football game. It was nuts. People were packed into there like sardines in the middle of the Texas State Fair in the Cotton Bowl, and that place was going nuts. And uh, they were getting – the Stars were getting their ass kicked for the first period and then most of the second period and then came back and won 4-2. And uh, the place was rocking the entire time. And every time the Stars uh, scored – You'd swear the second deck was about to blow off the place. And, uh, I was fortunate enough to have some nice seats, and uh, it was an incredible experience and something that I had on my sports bucket list. Yeah. Uh, what um, I was gonna say, I almost went to my. I, I was had it not been for for COVID nineteen, um, I was getting I was gonna get to my first uh, NHL hockey game. I was gonna get to an ass game. So I'm pretty. Oh, I'm pretty. So I'm pretty bummed. I didn't. I've been. I've seen DU play North Dakota um, a couple of times, um, but I had, and I've seen and I've seen some club hockey, but I've I've never seen NHL, uh, and so I I got almost got to my first my first big league game this year, and then and then it happened. But I, you know, I I'm sure I'm going to get back at some point, whenever they decide. So it's different. Yeah, yeah, it is. You know, I've uh, I think hockey is one of the hardest sports to play. You have to have the same kind of similar hand-eye coordination as you'd have to do in baseball, as opposed to hitting an object with a stick. You know, like a bat and a ball, as you do with the stick and the puck. But you got to do it on ice. You have to have uh, similar foot speed as you do in soccer and organization with passing and whatnot that you do in hockey. But you have to do it on ice. You have to have similar, um, you know, toughness and physicality as football, but you're out there doing it on ice. Um, and I think it's uh, – I have a high appreciation for it, um, and I think uh, people should check it out, man, if uh, they've got some time, you know. Check out some highlights. Some great, some, there's some great highlight videos on YouTube that are worth people's time. I mean, I've got ESPN Plus, so, like, I'm good. I'm, I'm going to go – on a deep dive of uh uh be ESPN plus of some of those some of those games. Yeah, man, no kidding. Go look up some old hockey highlights. You know, there's some great stuff out there. Wayne Gretzky, Mario Lemieux, you know, go look at some fights, go look look at a bunch of saves. Um some goalies there. I love good goalie play. It's some of the best highlights to watch and then some of the best goals too, you know. It's yeah. all uh it's all time. It's definitely a different set of set of skills than, than you see. It really does, like you were saying earlier, it combines a lot of sports and then it adds. By the way, you're on ice on this thin like sheet of metal that's attached to it that determines like how like it determines all of your balance and how you shift your weight. Like if you can't shift your weight properly, like you're not gonna be able to get the speed. If you can't, you know, do X, Y, and Z, like you're gonna fall, you're gonna get burnt here like it it takes a lot of different sports and, and does combine it so I, I would agree it's it is a very difficult sport to play because of the oh, yeah, additional balance yeah and then when you know once you uh once you get in the pros then you gotta somebody goes and tries to knock the has a dirty play on your captain and you know trips a dude or knocks a dude down and 
beats up and get over there and beat the shit out of him. He knocks it off. You know, that's uh, that's the beauty of the game, man. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of – they're trying to take fighting out of hockey, and I don't think it's the best idea. You know, the NHL is really trying to force it out of the game. Um, but it's really good for it, you know. It honestly it polices a lot of those goons that run around there just trying to take people's heads off. Um, and it kind of stops all that. Um, and that's what fighting's really for. If you ask anybody that, you know, knows a lot about hockey, they'll tell you that the fighting is to stop guys out there trying to make dirty hits on a bunch of players, a bunch of the smaller and faster players. And uh, a couple, one guy gets in a fight and maybe knocks off the rest of the game and that dude can excel. Um, so I think it's part of the game, and a lot of people don't really know that. They think it's just a bunch of dudes out there getting pissed off at each other, and sometimes it definitely is. But most of the time, if you watch closely, it's somebody that's sticking up for a teammate because somebody just made a dirty play. So, again, like I'm, I'm just getting into hockey. So you're saying, like, hey, like this is a team you need to be like, if you're going to start and like support a team and not go and support, you know, the Capitals or the Penguins or – or you know the night, the Golden Knights, or, or whoever. What is a what is a grassroots young team that could be on the up and up that you'd be like, all right, this is a team that you know, as a hockey purist or, or a deeply or a deep hockey fan, um, this is the team that you should go and support. And I won't judge your fandom because I already like the Penguins because Sid the Kid and just like it's just a team that's just like it's super gritty. And so when I watch yeah. them, I like the way they play. Um, but again, like. If you're a soccer, you're like, you're like, well, you can't like the Penguins because, you know, they've been good ever since you've been alive. It's like, well, if that's the case, then you can't like the Houston Astros. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Jeez. You know, uh, my thing with hockey is, is uh, you know, I'm a huge hockey fan, but I don't have a team. I don't pull for one specific team. And the reason being, and this would be my advice to you when picking your team, pick a team that you can – Drive to drive to go see a game. If you can drive to go see a game, and the drive's not miserable and it's not within like I don't know, like two hours to go see a game, an hour to have to go see a game, just be a fan of the game and appreciate some really good players because man, you really get the most out of it when you can be in the arena every now and then and uh, see the game as a whole. Um, so I think that it's definitely something that. You know, you should invest some time in the go see. Um, and if I don't know how far the abs are from you, how far are the abs from you? The yeah, abs are like two and a half, two, depending on the drive. So. Yeah, that's, that's pushing it. But also, I feel like if I was two hours away from uh, from a team, I'd be there. I'd be a huge fan. But the closest team to me is in Dallas. And I'm not about to drive three and a half hours to go watch three hours of hockey than three and a half hours back, you know? Yeah. I want to – the day that Houston gets the team, I'm going to be a diehard fan. Or for if wherever my life would ever take me that the team – that would have a hockey team there, if for some reason that happens, then, yeah, I'd be a fan. But I'm just going to be a fan. I appreciate a lot of the great players in the league, um, watch some games that I know are going to be competitive. And when I can regularly go to a game, I'm going to go to it. And minor league hockey is great, too. If you're ever around minor league hockey, it's it's great, man, as far as uh, being fun to watch. You know, you have a, got a bunch of guys with some strengths and some weaknesses, you know, and everybody's strengths and weaknesses are different. 
So it's really fun to watch in minor league hockey. Is sometimes it's more exciting because you have a lot bigger, nicer plays as opposed to the pros, where you have a bunch of guys out there that are all extremely good and some are great at certain things, yeah. and they all just kind of counterbalance each other. You know, minor league hockey is really, really entertaining. As crazy as it sounds, uh, I, I would, I would, that would not surprise me at all. Um, so, like you were kind of talking about, we. we kind of started broaching the topic of fandom how did Notre Dame what why and and how just kind of walk walk us through that my pops my pops and uh when you ask him how he became a Notre Dame fan uh he's so um a couple things that'll tell you is that when he was a kid um they were always on tv is when so when he was a kid growing up and watching enjoyed watching football you know, not everybody was on TV like they are now. Yeah, you know? And he grew up channels. moving across the country so many times. You know, he's lived in – he lived in the Carolinas once. He lived in Minnesota once for a, for a decent period of time. Colorado twice, Missouri twice, and then Lake Charles two different times. And so he's been all over before he settled down in Lake Charles and then, uh, and then grew up here uh, in college after that. But um, – you know, he's uh, he's been all over. And so we said when he was growing up, they were just always on TV. You know, they were good, so they were televised. And he liked them, and he started watching them, and he became a fan. And, you know, sometimes call it what it is, but it's organic. You know, that's that's how I became a fan because my dad's a fan. And when you ask him, that's what he'll tell you. And um, I'm a big fan of it all, man. I uh, Not just football, you know, I – I definitely watch him on Saturdays, along with the Cajuns, no doubt. But, um, you know, I'm a Notre Dame hockey fan, Notre Dame basketball fan, um, baseball too. And so uh, it's it's pretty neat, man. You know, we've uh, – <clears throat> my mom's kind of gotten into it. She's got a little bit of LSU in her, probably a decent amount actually. But um, when my dad and I get, uh, get ready to watch Notre Dame, she'll sit down and watch too, no doubt. So uh, – it's a good time, and uh, I hope to see good things out of the Irish this coming year, man. I really am a big Ian Book guy. He kind of let me down as far as what my expectations were for going into this year. Um, I was calling for him to win the Heisman, but uh, you know what? Um, there's no, uh, there was no beating Joey Bayou this year, man. That dude's incredible, and uh, outside of him being uh, an LSU guy, I'm going to be a big fan of his once he gets to the league. Yeah, I can can't wait. No, it's funny. You're like, yeah, my dad's a fan. He became a fan because it was, you know, it was on TV. There was only three, there was only three channels. There was ABC, NBC, and CBS. No yep. game's been on NBC it's since on forever. It feels like so that makes that makes sense. My dad's also a fan, so like I, I get a lot of that that logic. It's how a lot of people became like Cowboys fans. They yep. were on. There was only three channels. So they were on one of those three channels. And so, like, you know, you don't have a team in your state until, like, 1974, 73, or six, 1960, 1966, I think was the start of the Saints, somewhere around yeah. there. And so, uh, like, you don't have a team to go and support. And so your team goes in drafts. A, kid, uh, a team that's on TV a bunch goes in drafts. Uh, goes in drafts a kid from uh, the college that you watch that you're a fan of every Saturday and so now you become a fan of that team and it helps because now you can see them 
because the only two teams that are playing are the, either the 49ers, the Cowboys, or the Steelers. And you don't yeah. have a team in your area. So, like, it, it makes sense. And you know, that's like, how it is for a lot of people in baseball, too, Jay. Yeah. When you ask a lot of people in Louisiana who they're fans of when it comes to baseball, people are going to tell you the Astros. Or the Rangers. The Cubs, or... The, uh, the Braves or the Yankees. Yeah. Not really a lot teams and when they tell you when you ask them why a lot of older people will tell you because that's who was on tv yep it's the truth i think we take it for granted that we have so much uh, access to sports now like we're super no spoiled like there's a there's a streaming service completely dedicated to sports sports documentaries sports games and their replays like that's insane like you couldn't have told yeah. them that in 1978 or 1980 like we're gonna get a streaming service that's going to have all of your favorite sports documentaries on your favorite athletes or like that hbo would not be like just a cable thing <laughs> like that's insane like i'm i'm starting to watch the wire for the first time because like yeah. hbo growing up because i'm i'm not that I'm young, but I'm not that young. HBO was like a required, like was not something that came in a basic standard cable package or like was something that was like, they didn't have cable boxes. It was pretty much like, all right, you plugged it in to the, um, to the jack in the corner and you plugged it in and boom. (laughs) Like you got got what you got. Or if you were trying to watch TV and you clicked on something that had HBO on it, you were gonna get a sign saying, "Oh, sorry, this uh, you don't you aren't authorized to have access to this channel, this and that," and you had to find something else. <laughs> yeah. So I think or even like boxing, I feel like it was so hard to watch pay-per-view fights and stuff like oh. that. And lately, gotten into UFC, and I was like, man, like. I would never really had the opportunity to watch this as a kid because you had to like pay for it, and then you that means you really, really wanted to watch it. Now there's so many avenues to watch all these fights and everything. It's starting to blow up, you know. And I've yeah, become like a decent. Yeah, man. I've grown like, up to be a, to be a fan of it. Yeah, we have to like pick your parents. Like, all right, so you can catch WrestleMania, you can catch SummerSlam, you can catch the Royal Rumble. And it's like, and I can't get all three. They're like, hey, you got to pick one. It's like, all right, cool. I guess we're doing. I guess we're doing WrestleMania this year. We'll do Royal Rumble the next year, and we'll pick this other one. So, like, you know, like, you, know, <laughs> like you got to figure out, you got to pick your – pick which battle. Again, it's like it prepared you for being an adult and navigating the workplace. Yep. Sometimes you got to figure out which, which hills you want to die on. Hey, I really like WrestleMania, <laughs> but this isn't the hill I – this isn't the hill I want to die on. I guess we're doing SummerSlam this year. Like, whatever, regardless of what it is, it really does, like – in hindsight, really did, like, teach you that, like, all right, pick your battles wisely. Yeah. WrestleMania is actually on Sunday, man. Do you, where you grew up a wrestling fan? So, such a big wrestling fan. The Monday Night Wars. Were, right. We were super I young. Could, I could talk about wrestling all day, man. Dude. Who were, who were you fans of? Did you watch WCW, WWE? We watched, so we watched, we watched both. So, we were super Outside of the WWE Network, so I'm, like, going through, back and through everything. My brother's flying through. He's, like, I think he's, like, already up into the 2000, like, threes. Um, oh, my I'm God. Still like, I'm still, like, 1996. Oh, man. Um, but, classic, I love classic Kane and Undertakers. That, that was litty. 
I'm, I'm a big like second iteration of Degeneration X. So not just the first yeah. one with like Rick Rude and China and <clears throat> Sean and, and Triple H, but like the one with like you know uh, the Road Dog, Jesse James, Badass Billy Gunn. Like, yeah. like that like iteration of them i thought that was probably like my favorite iteration um, but the money Night wars were so huge like wcw was the was the show because it was like stone cold and the rock weren't as big at that point so it was like all right i got nwo they're these they've got these legends these icons um that were like running the show it was like all right like this is something i can get behind but as you see like Stone Cold develop as a personality, as you see them start to like isolate the rock, like that became the show because it wasn't pyrotechnics and all but, you know, like sexploitation. It was like there were actual like storylines that made sense in the WWF, the WWE. Um, or like the WCW was like, all right, here's the four people that are in charge of creative who are also wrestlers controlling the storyline. So they're always going to be in the spotlight, which I thought was like, it was a different, but I appreciated in hindsight, the WWF a lot more. So, you know, watching Razor Ramon turn into Scott Hall, like, Oh gosh. You know, man, I think it, uh, I think the Monday night wars were great. That whole documentary series on that, the WWE did that on that. It killed it. And, um, I do have, all right, hold on. Let me take that back. I wish there was a, there was a lot. I would love to see a documentary about the Monday night wars, not from the WWE's perspective and just hear people talk about it and people that were like in it and involved in it. Um, because I think it was really, really interesting, and uh, there was a lot of money involved. and And Ted Turner was Ted Turner was the way he ran things, and then Eric Bischoff, and yeah. you know how great of a Vince McMahon is a great businessman. I think. Yeah. Um, like for all of his flaws, the man gets business. Outside of the XFL, the first time, the XFL, the second time, I actually thought could have worked because. Now you have a lot more talent and there's a lot more athletes. And so now <clears throat> if you you create your own league, but you work under the table partnership where you pretty much label it the minor leagues of the NFL, like in the secret circles, but it's not known to the public as like a secret minor leagues. Like I think I think that would have really extended the XFL like popularity. So, like, now you have all these guys that are on practice rosters that are running NFL schemes, but they're – so, like, all these practice squad players are now not only doing practice during the week, but they're also getting to go and play on a game on, like, on, like, a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, like, after the season. So, like, they've gotten all these practice reps, practice reps, practice reps, training camp for the XFL becomes a lot smaller, and now you're off and you're doing – walkthroughs and like all the the skill stuff and then you can have them out there going playing games and so when they go into camp it's a lot they're like at a lot better spot right and i feel like the nfl loses out on a lot of guys on guys that have a lot of potential and the nfl is strict man you either make it or you don't and uh there's a lot of guys that really i think there's a lot of guys that don't
get a chance. You know, guys that get injured their last year of school and lose their chance and then two years later trying to come back and just can't get into it and just really have to prove themselves and didn't really have an outlet for it, you know. Nobody's going to go to the CFL and do that, I mean, unless you really want to. Yeah. Um, so I think I think it's nice, man. I think it's – I love how they brought how they broadcasted it. On, it was on national television and all the major networks were a part of it and put a really lot – a whole lot of effort into it and helps you get to know the players, you know. I think that's, that's what's – it's just all new, you know what I'm saying? It's all new players. And so the way that the um, the media really helped – the people, the public gets to know the players on each team, and kind of let helped you always kept you in touch with um, what players, what were the who were the best players in the league, and who was doing the best, and um, this and that, and it really kind of drove me to keep up with the league, and uh, I became a fan of it, man. I enjoyed it, and I really think it's good. It was, uh, it does a lot of good for play the players and football as a whole. Yeah, I'd I'd agree on that one. Uh, and it also like gave you like the opportunity for to go out and like n- hear new voices. Yep. About like the process of like okay, like to hear like to hear Pat McAfee like give just color commentary, just like inter- like interviewing, like giving great interviews, just talking to people, like really giving insight into like the hecticness that is a, a professional sideline. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> like I thought that was like super cool to see, and, and it was different all in all. Yeah, yeah. and you know, I, going into it, or I had some weird. Um, oh yeah, and that's what it was. I had some. Uh, I had an idea that you know, what if the XFL just approached it like the UFC and said, "Look, this is football." We're going to play with some physical, the classic physical rules before everything got shifted and rotated around. And it's just part of it. And we're going to do, we're going to have a lot of clear cut rules that um, for the game and whatnot, but it's a physical sport and we're going to play it like that. And, but that's when I first heard of it. And now obviously, you know, I think all those rules are great for the game and the XFL is doing a great job, but you know, I thought they were definitely going to keep some uh, some amount of extreme in it, you know, but now it's just 100% football, and it's I think it's quality football, man. You have uh, you have guys that were doing really, really well in the league and balling, man. I think it's nice that they went, like, football, football, because <clears throat> it's not that it creates legitimacy, but it it takes this, oh, it's this, here's this billionaire who's got this massive ego trying to just, like, you know, do the NFL, the NFL, like, you know, do the NFL better than the NFL, you know, know this, know that it's appealing to like a specific demographic or political affiliation, whatever, like that may be. I really don't care. Um, if you show, you give me something that's entertaining and it's going to like show good action and good sports personalities like a Diana Rossini, a Pat McAfee, uh, uh, Dan Orlovsky, uh, Steve Levy, like you're gonna, that's who you're gonna show me, like, then great, like, I'm not gonna complain about that. Um, but yeah. they they always told us what it was gonna be it's gonna be football and it's gonna be football, like, it's gonna be football and it's gonna be football in its purest form. And 
football in its purest form at the current moment is this super like finesse air raid spread offense style and that's what they delivered it, yeah. it was and i like the rule adjustments that they did man they did a great job making it different to where it was entertaining but didn't completely change the game and i think um the special teams uh the special teams rules they did were great um and uh, it was some entertaining football and i hope they i hope they rebound well and i don't know if they're going to expand or how things are going to do you know i I'm, i think everybody got paid and i know that's been some issues with leagues that the people that people have started up in the past and whatnot but um, I was really proud of how the XFL was done. You know, Oliver, um, Oliver Luck, Andrew's dad, Andrew Luck's dad is out there running it, and um, I think he did a great job. Yeah, it's nice to see, like, you know, people who aren't necessarily going to get the opportunity in the normal system of the NFL uh, are going to get this experience and this opportunity in the XFL. And so, like, that's what's really important is that, you know, they, they always say, well, you know, we're looking for someone with this qualification, but how am I going to get these qualifications without you offering me that opportunity? And now they have an avenue for, for that, and hopefully um, those opportunities continue to get – hopefully once all this gets sorted out, those opportunities um, don't go away and that um, they're continuing to be encouraged um, instead of, like, frowned upon. Yep. I know you're a big college basketball guy. Um, this is kind of relates to what we were just talking about with the XFL. Um, do you think the G League is ever going to develop into something big one day? I think it already is big. I think – Big, really? I think that – it's, it's not, like – it's not mainstream by any means. Um, right. It'll never be mainstream because that's not the intended purpose for it. But I think that it is – at a point where most of the rosters, I'd say 90% of the rosters have at least one person on it that came from the G League. Like, I think it's like 55 or like 60 or it's like 55 to like 70% of the rosters have at least two or more guys <clears throat> on their roster from that was in the G League at one point. Um, I think yeah. the next step is how do they, how do they, I think the next step in terms of them getting bigger is how do you make uh, the G League a alternative for, uh, like a healthy alternative for um, people who don't want to go to, go to college. Like the lifestyle that the G League lives is not conducive to the development of a young of a 17 or 18 year old. It's just not, it is not. And so now it's just a matter of how do you make that more conducive? And I think that's that next step that they have to take in terms of being big. Yeah. Cause the one and done is, the one and done is just terrible and it's trash. The one and done is terrible. It's hurting Part the game tremendously. That- the one and done should be done in the G League. And if you want to go to college, you got to stay there for at least three years like football. I think I would lean more towards two. I'll lean more to – it's like 
So you're eligible after your sophomore year? Yeah. And then um, – so you have to do at least two years because if you do two years, you can get pretty close to finishing your degree. Yeah. Like, let's be real. Like, it shouldn't take four <clears> – <throat> If the university system does not does not add a bunch of fluff classes or electives yep. and just says, "Hey, here are your core classes, and here are the ones here are the subsequent classes that will help facilitate your understanding and knowledge of what you are coming here to study," I think a lot of people would be done in two and a half to three years. Yep. Just my just just my opinion, um, but that's never going to happen. Books. Yeah, so that's never going to happen, but because the NCAA and colleges want to make money, so it is what it is. So the next best step is you make them stay to you. Say, hey, um, if you don't go to the G League, you have to go to college for at least two years. Them going for two years, at least theoretically, with the way that academic advisors and athletics should work, is that they get out, they get, get at least half their degree done. Well, what they said that you could be a one and done, but you have to go to the G, uh, no, like, I just, what if you, like, if you're like one and done, you had to go play in the G League for a year, the G League had a draft, and they could pick one and dones, and those one and done teams, and those teams could have the draft, pick uh, any kids from high school that they wanted to, that would actually want to do it. And so they would do two separate drafts. They would they would they would do two separate drafts. They'd have one draft for all high school kids, and then they would have a draft for any person who was in the pool in the current draft pool um, that didn't get drafted. Right. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be terrible. I think that they would just, if that was the case, they would do it similar to the MLB and where they did the uh, or. Yeah, the MLB with it, the uh, compensatory round. Uh, and they would just do it that way. So they do it all in one draft. And then so the compensatory round is <clears throat> the opportunity for every team to draft at least two one-and-done kids. Hmm. So then now everyone who's in that pool, they have the if they don't get drafted in the G League, they can go and they can be a part of the Rising Stars program in the NBL, or they can go overseas, or – they can say, you know what, I'm going to go – I want to stay in the States. I don't want to really go learn another language. I have to deal with that barrier, so I'm going to go to college, and I'm going to do that because school isn't terrible. It's just not going to put money in the pocket as fast as I was hoping. And then they do two right. years, and maybe they say, you know what, like I found a major that I really like. They go and get a – they leave, but they still take classes. And then now you've got a person who's gotten half their college credits done on the way to another degree and they're making the millions that they dreamed of. So I think it's no a, I think it's a win, 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 but it's, it'll never happen because at the end of the day, what are we? We're a business. Yeah, we're not a, money, we're not money, a business. Money. We're not a business, man. We're a business, man. Yeah. No kidding. Golly. But it was great talking. We've been running, we're running on almost two hours. So, Incredible. um, Again, like we we can do this anytime. We chat so much. We should probably chat a little more <clears throat> with like you know like this all this time of uncertainty and health. But like I think like you know most of our conversations run this long anyway. 
So uh, I appreciate you, you know, reaching out and following up to kind of have this chat. It's been great. Um, I can't wait to do it again. Can't wait to see where you are. Let's not wait, you know, another eight months uh, to do this. But but you're always welcome. If you ever want to come on and just vent or rant or once we figure out what's going on with baseball, you want to come on and we can talk about what the idea is set up for the NHL, the NBA, and MLB to adjust their seasons is. Whenever you feel like coming on, man, you got an open invitation. That sounds great, brother. I really appreciate it, man. This is uh, this has been one of the things I've always wanted to do in life is be on a podcast. And I feel like uh, podcasts have started to kind of blow up lately. And I've never been a big podcast guy, but I've always wanted to be on one. So uh, I really appreciate it, man. I had a great time, and uh, I know uh, I know I was jawing there for a while, but man, I was just excited. You know, this this is great, and uh, I really appreciate it, and I uh, look forward to being back soon, man. Hey, namaste, brother. It's been great to have you. Um, thank you all for listening to Shoot the J. Um, like, subscribe. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. Um, if you have the Anchor app, we're on Anchor. We're on Google Podcasts. Um, give us a like. Give us a rating. Let me know what you think. As always, Shoot the J. Have a good one.